0: Welcome to the Kotki Ride Home for Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, open captions are coming to the big screen as AMC Theatres takes a big step towards accessibility and a look at captions' growing popularity among the hearing. Plus, how some of the most popular memes are completely inaccessible, and the group of museums who've started an OnlyFans account. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Earlier this week, AMC Theatres announced that they are expanding their open film captioning support throughout the U.S. Open captions will be available at 240 theaters in over 100 markets during select showtimes. Now, Open captions differ from closed captions in that they are always on the screen, so the onus isn't on the user to figure out how to turn them on, like with closed captions on a TV. And captions, by the way, differ from subtitles in that subtitles are more for translating spoken language and match the dialogue directly. As Lifehacker described it in a recent article about some of the controversy surrounding the closed captions for Squid Game not being translated effectively, quote, Subtitles typically assume the audience can hear the audio but need text to supplement the spoken word, such as in a direct translation of an entire film or when multiple languages are used within the same film. Closed captions, on the other hand, do not assume the audience can hear what's happening on screen. According to the National Association of the Deaf, closed captions not only display words as the textual equivalent of spoken dialogue or narration, but also include speaker identification, sound effects, and music description. End quote. And for the record, if you are a hearing person and want a more accurate translation of Squid Game or anything else, Lifehacker recommends using the subtitles, which are translated from the original script, whereas the closed captions tend to be generated from dubbed audio. But back to AMC Theatres, offering open captions for select showtimes throughout the U.S. They've informally tied the expansion to the release of Disney and Marvel's The Eternals, which stars Lauren Ridloff, a deaf actress best known for The Walking Dead, as deaf superhero Makari, the first deaf superhero in the MCU. With CEO Adam Aaron tweeting that the open captions showtimes are, quote, right in time for Eternals from Disney, end quote. This is one of many significant changes, or at least experiments, that I personally think will be seen from movie theaters as they figure out how to bring back audiences they lost during the pandemic, or just throw caution to the wind because their numbers have dwindled so much that they're kind of more okay with trying anything to see if it sticks. Chain theaters have typically argued that hearing audiences won't like the captions, and that knowing a movie has open captions will affect ticket sales, but they don't actually have the numbers to back up this hunch, so they'll be studying it closely as AMC makes this move. Christian Vogler, a professor at Gallaudet University, a school in Washington that serves the deaf, told the New York Times, quote, The fact that a large national chain has had a change of heart is significant and may even open the floodgates for others to follow suit, end quote. The showtimes are supposed to be a mix of weekend, weekday, evening, and matinee. We'll see how evenly spread it is. Open caption showings used to happen at some chains back in the 80s, but the showtimes were always really inconvenient, like mornings on weekdays or really late at night. Those kind of faded out as separate devices were created for people to access captions just for them from their seats. And according to a truly excellent Quora post from four years ago, one version of this in the late 90s was a 3x5 glass screen attached to a bendable tube that would go in your cup holder, and the screen would reflect an LED display at the back of the theater. Then about a decade later came the captive view, which was a similar structure, but with the captions on the device itself instead of projected from the back of the theater. This is still what a lot of theaters use. Some now also have glasses where the captions are then actually on the screen from your view, so you're not having to look down at your miniature screen and back at the big screen constantly. Though, as MCU actress Ridloff put it to New York Times last month when asked about movie theaters being accessible to deaf people, quote, We're an afterthought in movie theaters, and that needs to change. You have to use a special closed captioning device to watch subtitling in a theater, and it's a headache, because most of the time the devices don't work. Then you have to go back to the front desk and find somebody to help, and by the time they figure it out, that it's not working, that it's not going to be subtitled at all, the movie's halfway done. End quote. And here's the thing, like so many accessibility features, captions don't just benefit deaf and hard of hearing people. They also help for people who are not native speakers of the language of the film, for people with auditory processing disorders, and anyone who just prefers captions, which apparently is more and more of us. For social video, it makes a ton of sense. You know, a lot of people scroll social media on mobile devices when they may be around others that they don't want to disturb or are already listening to something else in another app. They may not want to play the sound on whatever video has popped up, and if that video doesn't have captions, they might just scroll by and never watch it. Content producers are aware of this and have more and more added open captions in part for this reason. There's also the accessibility factor, which should be first and foremost— And then there's also the fact that captions on some platforms play into a video's SEO. So captions on videos on social media are good for everyone involved, and we've seen that trend grow mightily over the last few years, with more and more platforms adding native auto-caption functions for people posting videos, though there is a lot of room for growth yet. But in terms of movies and TV shows, In their coverage of AMC Theaters' open captions expansion, Gizmodo linked to a Wired article from 2018 that made the case both for and against hearing people using captions. In it, writer Jason Cahey pinpointed a trend that I personally think has grown since 2018, just anecdotally, of hearing people using closed captions more often. He points to a Reddit thread in R movies in which almost every respondent used captions for just about everything they watch, and quoting further from Wired. Many people I know IRL can relate, from bankers and meditators to jocks, UX designers, and writers. My anecdata turns up no gender preferences. Last year, Refinery29 ran a piece, Get Over Your Fear of Subtitles, Please, in which the writer extols the benefits. You can appreciate the script, you know whose off-screen voice you're hearing, you can chuckle at the poetic attempts by caption writers to convey background noises, bestial squall, for example. To those others have added, you can watch at low volume. You can clean or eat or otherwise make general ruckus while watching. Inside the screen, diegetic minutiae, passerby conversations, a snippet of a TV news story, takes on new clarity, giving shape to the world of the story. The fuzziness solidifies, control overlaying chaos, end quote. Kaye kind of makes the argument that we hearing folks feel a greater need for captions these days because a lot of us want to know everything, in the same way we'd Google any curiosity as soon as it pops into our head, and because there's so much out there now that we literally can't hear as well. His argument here is less lucid, but basically he says, quote, "'Sounds are more muted these days because there are too many of them, every utterance equally weighted and demanding of us total comprehension,' end quote." So physically, we have trouble hearing what people on TV are saying, or at least we, we have trouble processing it, because we're too overwhelmed by constant stimulation. That's his argument. And I kind of get this. You know, I've got a book called Culture Jam that talks about the perils of the noise in our modern world, how loud it is, not just from, like, blasting music and worrying, banging construction, but the constant hums of all of our appliances and other technology that we just forget about and learn how to tune out. The kicker, though? That book was written in 1999. It's gotten so much worse since then. Still, I don't have any kind of data, nor do any of the articles I've referenced today, to say that more hearing people are actually watching more media with captions, or that they're doing it because they're having more trouble understanding characters on screen due to how much media they're consuming constantly, but it is interesting food for thought. And I do particularly agree with the sense that captions can help you capture details from a show that you might have otherwise lost, and in the overstimulated chaos of some of our lives, that sense of control does feel good. I have definitely become someone who predominantly watches shows, movies, and videos with captions. When I rewatch something that I first watched without them, I'm shocked by how much I missed. Plus, I really struggle with recognizing characters from scene to scene, so when the captions include the name of the character speaking, it really helps. I know they're not for everyone, but I'd be thrilled to go to an open captions showing of a movie, once I actually feel comfortable going to a movie theater again. So good on AMC theaters, and we'll see how the other major chains respond in turn. Well, following up with more on accessibility and also yesterday's meme segment, TechCrunch and many others online would like anyone who doesn't use a screen reader to know that this new red flag emoji meme makes no sense with a screen reader and is kind of the worst. So if you're not familiar with the meme, it's a pretty simple one. A person, or more often these days, a corporate brand, states a characteristic or shares a hypothetical quote, and then follows it with an ample helping of the red flag emojis to indicate that the thing shared would be a red flag. Things like, my favorite movie is Fight Club, and I'm not a dog person. Red flags indeed to many. But if you use assistive technology like a screen reader, the emoji is just referred to as triangular flag on post, not red at all. So you totally miss the joke. Now, the emoji name doesn't include the color because it's actually the only triangular flag emoji looking a bit like a pennant where all of the other flags are typical rectangles. Though, according to a brief glance at Emojipedia, it's one of the few emojis that is actually the same color across all devices and platforms, so it really could be called the red triangular flag. And in case you weren't aware, yes, every emoji has an official name. It's what shows up when you're using emojis on desktop and hover over them for a second, or if you're searching for an emoji on your phone by words. The name is basically the keywords or how voice assistants, text-to-speech, and screen readers describe them. And I'm mostly familiar with this because one of my favorite things to do is go to Poetry Open Mic Nights and have Siri perform poetry written out of emojis. Here's an example. Fire. Wave. Sparkles. Fire. Man in business suit levitating. Black heart. Skull and cross bones. Woman vampire with light skin tone. Drop of blood. Fire. 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 Now that's just a bit of good fun, but if you actually need those descriptions to make sense of what you're interacting with online, it can be a bit of a mess. And with the red flag emoji in particular, not only do screen readers not tell you the color, some of them individually read out the emoji over and over again for each one displayed. Kind of like how Siri just said fire repeatedly. Except in some of these social media posts, people are putting upwards of two dozen red flag emojis, so people just have to sit there listening to their screen readers work through triangular flag on post again and again and again it can be even worse though with memes that use emojis or special characters to break up words like the clapping hands meme you know where someone puts a clapping hands emoji in between each word amy pavel an assistant professor at the university of texas at austin who researches tech accessibility told TechCrunch, quote it can be difficult to remember exactly what the full sentence was end quotes. Pavel also points to memes where people use ASCII art, like the bunny holding a sign, and the trend of people using special characters to mimic other fonts appearing on social media. Screen readers read them as they're supposed to, but the meaning of the original poster is completely lost on the person listening. Here's what a post using those fake fonts built out of special characters sounds like: U, mathematical sans serif small t, mathematical sans serif small h, mathematical sans serif small 1, mathematical sans serif small n, mathematical sans serif small k, it's, mathematical script small c, mathematical script small u I'll spare you the rest, but suffice it to say you probably weren't able to pick up on the actual text, which read, quote, You think it's cute to write your tweets and usernames this way, but have you listened to what it sounds like with assistive technologies like voiceover? End quote. Here's another example where someone used ASCII art to surround a word. Does your heart ever go? Hatun hatun Okay, I do think that that one is hilarious, and I genuinely want someone to make a beat out of it, but it's not at all accessible for someone just hearing it from a text-to-speech program. I mean, do you, listening now, know what the post said? It was a heart made out of hearts around the word pierogies, but you'd have no idea just by listening. TechCrunch shared a few tips if you want to make your posts more accessible to people who use screen readers. For emoji, ASCII, and other special character-based memes, instead of posting it as text, you can screenshot it, post it as a photo, and then use alt text to describe it. Most major social media platforms have an alt text option built in, or you can include the alt text in a caption. And you should be writing alt text for every image that you post online, by the way. And if you're just throwing in some emojis to your text to spice it up, try to avoid putting them in between words or in place of words. Just one or two at the end of a sentence is best. Alexa Heinrich, a social media manager and accessibility advocate, told TechCrunch that one challenge is that creators online are constantly innovating. But quote, when marketers, content creators, and everyday users make content, it would be helpful if they took a second to remember that not everyone experiences the internet the same way. End quote. And that's good advice for posting on the internet just in general, whether we're talking about accessibility, tech literacy, or general cultural background and even age. I mean, how many times have you seen a completely nonsense post and then later realized it came from, like, a 12-year-old? If we want to make the internet a better place, and I feel like most people listening do, it starts with remembering that everyone online, well, everyone we care about anyways, are fellow humans, with their own nuanced needs and different experiences from our own. We're not always going to get it right, but we should at least make the effort." The Vienna Tourist Board has brought together a group of Austrian museums and started an OnlyFans account. The campaign comes as the museums have gotten sick of being banned from other social media platforms for posting works of art that allegedly break the community guidelines of those platforms. Quoting The Guardian, Helena Hartlauer, a Vienna tourist board spokesperson, said the city and its cultural institutions had been finding it almost impossible to use nude artworks in promotional materials. Some works in the Albertina's current exhibition by the Italian portrait artist Emedio Medigliani are too explicit to promote it, she said. Of course, you can work without that, but these artworks are crucial and important to Vienna. If they cannot be used on a communications tool as strong as social media, it's unfair and frustrating. That's why we thought of OnlyFans, finally a way to show these things. The first subscribers to Vienna's 18-plus content on OnlyFans will receive either a Vienna City card or an admission ticket to see one of the artworks in person, end quote. Hartleier notes, however, that Vienna strips on OnlyFans is not just about increasing tourism that has struggled during the pandemic, but also of raising awareness about censorship. Case in point, even in promoting the fact that they have an OnlyFans not posting anything saucy, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all rejected the links to the OnlyFans that the tourist board tried to post. And if a major city is facing these troubles posting, you know it's far worse for the independent creators who are dependent on. On the whims of these platforms. But speaking of atypical content on sexy websites, a Taiwanese cram school teacher has become a breakout star on Pornhub for his calculus tutorials. And no, they're not done in the nude or anything like that. The teacher, who goes by Shang Su, is literally just posting his math videos to help people study in calculus. He's been posting them on YouTube and his own website for years, but wanted to additionally post them where, quote, a lot of people would see them. He has over 200 tutorials on his verified Pornhub channel, and as AV Club put it, quote, his promotional plan has worked well enough to garner his videos 1.6 million views to date, while getting his name out there to people who need math help and end up buying his website's online course, end quote. So a bold promo strategy, but it worked, and I like it. All right, that is it from me for today. But as always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you once again tomorrow.